two. And we are back. The boys are back. Welcome on in to the Bench Captains Podcast. It's been over a month, I feel like, since I've said that. Nick, how are we doing today, big dog? Yo, I just I want to emphasize that the boys are back because the men are taking care of their wives and kids. So here we are, you know. I'm good, though. We definitely all have different schedules, which has made it super tough just to get together to keep these episodes going. You know, I, my basketball season that we run at our church has started up. You're coaching and Noah's full-time dad now. So, But alongside that, I've been doing pretty well, staying safe, staying healthy, staying positive. Work's going well. Life's going well. So doing pretty good. How's coaching going? That's good to hear, man. Good to hear that everything's going well with you on your end. Uh, coaching's going, you know, it's solid. It's a, it's a long season. Uh, we've had some obstacles the last couple weeks. Uh, we've had a couple up and down moments for our team, but I honestly, like, I love coaching the group of guys that we have. We have such a good group of kids. Like, uh, don't have to worry about off the court issues. You, like, we have a lot of good kids in our program. And I think that they're just overall, they're just fun to be around. And I think that's what makes the job more, that much more exciting is when you have kids that you want to, you want to coach hard for, you want to work hard to make, like help them out the best you they, you can, because, you know, you, they're, those are, those are the type of kids that they are. You just want to work hard for them, you know? So uh, seasons. All right. We're, we're seven and seven. We've, we've taken a couple of uh, tough losses lately, which aren't fun. Uh, those are character. Those are character builders for sure. But uh, we still have a handful, a little more than you know, seven, eight games left in the season. So we'll see how that goes. You know, uh, hopefully we can catch some heat and by the playoffs, you know, by the time the playoffs get here, we can just make a, a, a run. Love it. Love it. What do you say? Should we get right into it? Oh, let's let's dive right in head first. All right. Quarter one. We aren't going to do any type of catch up over the past few weeks. We're not going to specifically target anything. If it comes up in conversation, it comes up. If you want to hear it, just let us know what you want us to talk about. But right now, obviously, big week, Super Bowl week. Buccaneers and Chiefs. Buccaneers obviously making some history. First team to play at their stadium, which I think is pretty cool. I know Minnesota had that chance a couple years ago, but I don't know of any other teams that were super, super close to making it happen, at least off the top of my head. I think right. it's going to be a great game. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I know a lot of people are looking at this as possibly the best quarterback head-to-head -head matchup that we've ever had. I mean, we've had some great head-to-head -head matchups from quarterbacks. We've had Drew Brees versus Peyton Manning. We've had Tom Brady versus um, – oh, shoot, just totally blanked out. Um, Peyton Manning. Well, no, not in the Super Bowl. Uh, oh, well, oh I, okay. didn't know, I didn't know you were yeah, talking Yeah, yeah, Dan Marino. Yeah, so, like, Dan Marino, Joe Montana, Elway versus Tom Brady, Favre. Nick Foles. <laughs> yeah, Tom Brady, Nick Foles. Um, and, you know, it, it's so fun to watch. Uh, like, it's so fun to just watch these kind of head-to-head matchups that are just 
so intense. It, it's so it's going to be fun. Like I think these are two teams playing some great football at this time of year, and it's not even just about the quarterbacks. To me, I'm I'm excited to see. Uh, the Chiefs have some injuries on that offensive line, and the way that Tampa's defense has been playing, that pass rush has been relentless, and we saw it against Green Bay. I'm really intrigued to see that matchup. I, I really want to see how the, how Kansas City game plans around that. I can't wait till we find our Devin White, Antoine Winfield combo to run the league with for a decade. Yeah, I agree. Devin, I, I, I just can't believe how good he turned out to be. White from Tampa Bay has been an absolute stud. I mean – Game changer. Absolute yeah. game changer. Yo, so but, so who do you who do you think we'll just start off from the top, we'll go from there. Who do you think who do you think wins this game? You know, I really struggled with this game for a while. And I know I still have some time to totally go back on my pick, but I'm gonna take Tampa Bay. They're okay. playing they're playing some seriously complete football right now. Like they're running the ball well. They're getting the ball down the field. They have weapons on offense that they can put together those long, methodical drives. And the defense is really finding its groove. There's a chance that uh, Winfield is going to be back for that uh, for the Super Bowl. And, and even Antonio Brown will be possibly back, too, for the Buccaneers. And for mm-hmm. me, it ultimately comes down to I don't know that there are many people in the league that can beat Patrick Mahomes. But one person who's done it in the playoffs is Tom Brady. And I just there's something about this game. Like, it was the coin toss I, that, that beat him. Yeah, exactly. Like, I just – I have a feeling that the Buccaneers are going to just – the, the Chiefs are going to be just a little bit off, and they're not going to be all the way right. I think, I think they never put together an all-the-way complete game this year. Uh, even at Buffalo – Oh, sorry, it was, sorry to cut you off. It was either you or Noah that sent it where, like, Tom Brady's just been by himself for 12 days now. Like, his family's not with him. And he's literally just been watching film. And that's scary. Yeah. yeah, and you know how motivated Brady is. Like, this is this is for real. Like, goats figure out ways to motivate themselves. So many people are already having the conversation. If Mahomes wins this, does, is he going to catch Brady as the GOAT? And you think Brady wants that on his legacy, that he lost to somebody of his caliber? He's already he's already split with uh, – or what's it called? He's already two – I think he's two and two. No, he's three uh, – he's two and three against Peyton Manning in, AFC, in the AFC playoffs. So mm. it's already one playoff – you know, record or, you know, one quarterback that's beaten him in the playoffs that he doesn't want that record against. So he's going to have to figure it out. Like, Hey, I can't lose to Mahomes here and be one and one in the playoffs against him, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. I think, how about you? Who do you got? Oh, I'm going, I'm still taking, I'm taking the chiefs, but I, I agree with everything you said. I think the Buccaneers have the best recipe in the league to beat them, but until I see it, just when you give Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Hill, and Travis Kelsey, like that's just ridiculous. Right. And I think that they have a whole nother gear they haven't shown yet. And I think it's going to come out and it's going to be real explosive. 
But like you said, though, I think it's going to be a great game. Tampa Bay's been clicking on all cylinders. And, and as you know, we've talked before, you have to control the clock. That's going to be the biggest thing. I think Tom Brady can – I mean, Tom Brady can absolutely do it, but it's going to be on the run game of if the run game can help him do it as well. Yeah. And he's going to have to avoid, like, just – there were, like, a couple, like – they weren't bad decisions, but, like, just a couple high throws against the Packers when they were trying to close that game out. That can't happen to the Chiefs. Against the Chiefs, the Chiefs will capitalize on that. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And he had some bad decisions in that game. Let's call it like it is. He had a couple bad interceptions. Uh, first of all, Jair Alexander is a very – I mean, he's an elite corner. And yes. he made a couple plays on Brady. But what's important in this is that I think people need to realize that Tom Brady right now is still playing some of the best football of his career. He's not like 2015 Peyton Manning where the defense is legit carrying him mm-hmm. for – the whole playoffs like Brady is he's still in like a top 10 quarterback uh top seven probably right now and he's still playing at a high level yeah he's got some bad turnovers but the defense makes up for it they make they get turnovers like Shaq Barrett JPP like they got some dogs on that side of the ball Antoine Winfield White you know they got these in Levante David like they got some they got some some real dogs on on that team. And so I, I agree with you, Nick, it, it's hard to say anybody can beat the chiefs, but man, I, I just, I got, I just got this feeling. It, it's, it's, I don't know. I saw this interesting bet on the Super Bowl. I want to, I want to ask you your thoughts. Cause I, I, I feel like I know what I would take. It's Tom Brady's longest rush at 0.5. Hmm. I'm going to take the over. That's what I would do. I feel like you get a one yard quarterback sneak at some point. Yeah. But you got to think about knees taking a knee too. No, just like his longest rush, not his total rushing yards. Oh, oh yeah. 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 So like if I, he just I, has I, one rush, get over half a yard. I would take the over on that for the sole reason that I just remember John Elway doing that helicopter run, that run against the Packers in, in 97. And I just remember Elway took like this massive hit because he knew that that was like his best chance to win a Super Bowl. And he ended up winning another one after that, but like he dove for the first, he was trying to get extra yards and try to, you know, extend the play. And, and he just like laid out and got decked. I feel like, Brady at some point is going to try to do something crazy like that, but I could see yeah. him doing it in an effort like that would be let like, you know, all oh, that Brady just making another legendary moment, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. I would take the over too. But yeah. I just think like, it was such an interesting proposition. Cause like, could you imagine just putting a lot of money on like half a yard and he never gets it? Yeah, that'd be wild. I mean, I mean, if I don't know, I might do the squares game just to see how it goes, just to see how how close I can get. But man, mm-hmm. that's like, I don't know, that's a that's a bet that's like, you'd think he'd get over, but he's Tom Brady, you know? Exactly. Yo, so, speaking speaking of not super mobile quarterbacks, let's head into quarter two here. Let's talk about. 
some interesting off-season moves we would like to see, whether it's for the Browns or just like the league as a whole. But let's start off with Matthew Stafford and this trade to the Rams. Who won that trade and why? Oh, Nick, that's a great question. I, I've been going back and forth on this for a while. I don't know how I – because, okay, so here's how I'm looking at this. Because, like, right now I have, in my mind, the Rams instantly are an NFC threat. Like, they become yes. – like, to me, they are a top three team in the NFC now. Like, they – they yes. like I, I think people take for granted Matthew Stafford. Are you going them sure. Packers Bucks, by the way? Yeah, I and maybe not they I don't know if I'd put them at number one yet. But I just make your top three when you said top three, that's what you're going with. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd I'd say so, yeah. And Seattle maybe is fourth on that list. And and I man, I just look at the Rams and what they did, like they, they have so many tough contracts that they have to worry about, but I feel like it's worth it. Like you're going all in, like they are, they're really going all in on, on what they have with mm-hmm. Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. You got the receivers in uh, woods and cup and uh, guys, I'm telling you now, don't sleep on the name. Uh, don't forget about this name, Van Jefferson. Next year, you will know Van Jefferson. He is going to be a very good player for them next year. And he's a, he was a rookie this year. But Stafford throws the ball all over the place, and he's going to find guys. Jefferson's going to be a very good player for the Rams. And they have a good, an elite defense. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Just disrespect you, Cam Akers like that? Yeah, Cam Akers is my guy too. I love, I like me some Cam Akers, so I'm not gonna hate on him. But yeah, I don't know. It, it, like, at the same time though, the Lions got a haul. They they still got a top 15 quarterback in the league. I think. I still think yep. Goff is middle of the road. He's a starting quarterback in the league for sure. And then on top of that, you get a third rounder and two first rounders. Like, you got a haul. And yeah, they got something yeah. they can work with, you know. Exactly. A new coach coming into new quarterback with him. Stafford on his way out. You get younger at quarterback. Terrible contract with him, though. And obviously Stafford is a way better quarterback. But right. you can't you can't downplay two firsts. Now, obviously, what's gonna happen is today the Rams won the trade. Today. But when we look at it next year and in two years, what those picks turn out to be, yeah. especially just with how deep NFL drafts are, like a first round's always great talent there. If they hit on those, phenomenal. Um, right. And so, and like you said, just Stafford, who a lot of people just, we know is a good quarterback, is like never really had a top 10 defense, doesn't get 100-yard rushers, and he's going to be getting that consistently now. <clears throat> Uh, I'm with you. I think that puts them right in the Super Bowl conversation <clears throat> at the top of it, not just like, hey, they could possibly like, hey, this team, you got to be ready. I was actually yeah. shocked it was them. Yeah. When I, when I got that notification, I was like, whoa, wait, what? And then I saw the return and I was like, wh-? my first initial reaction was like, that's high, like, that's highway robbery. The Lions mm-hmm. should not have been allowed to do that. That's crazy. Like, they should not have gotten yeah. that much for them. <clears throat> well, I'll say this though, I because I do agree with you 
the Lions robbed the, the, the Rams. Well, let me ask you this. I would have said this about a week ago. The Lions still had, at the time when they had Matthew Stafford, they had the second best quarterback in the division. I think you can make an argument they still have the second best quarterback in the division while picking up two first round picks. Because Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins to me are in the same conversation. Now, yeah. I'm, I might take Cousins over him, but Cousins has never been to a Super Bowl and Goff has. So, like, I don't know. Like, I, yeah, you downgraded that quarterback, no doubt, but you still have a guy that's young. He's still got some upside. Like, he's been, he's won some big, he went to New Orleans and beat Drew Brees. And, and I know everybody's doing that nowadays in the playoffs. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know big oof. Right. But they, I mean, he went on the road with a uh, fresh off a of surgery, went and beat Russell Wilson on the road. He, uh-huh. he, he was tough as nails in that game too. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I like Jared Goff. I, I think there's something there and I, I'm not going to sit here and say he's a franchise quarterback, but for what the Lions got, I think that's a great deal. You know? I think it's a great deal. This is going to be a big year for him, though. Now we're putting him in Stafford's shoes of no 100-yard rushers and oh, not yes. a good defense. Although we'll see what DeAndre Swift's able to do next year if they're able to start getting a run game going. I'm sure they're going to look at that and be like, all right, if if this is what we need to do, if we need to model our offense this way, like let's build it up this way. I'm not familiar. I don't know who their offensive coordinator is or what their scheme will be but it's going to be a big year of if golf's going to make it in the league for a long time or not, I think. And let's just put this out there before we move on to other moves in the off season, friendly reminder or reminder that John Dorsey is in Detroit now, like As John right. Dorsey is the ultimate talent evaluator. You have a guy that's won playoff games. You spend to the Super Bowl as your starting quarterback and you have one of the better talent evaluators who's helped, rebuild the Kansas Kansas City Chiefs, drafted Patrick Mahomes, drafted Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, and then in, in Kareem Hunt. And then in Cleveland, he brought in Baker and Denzel Ward and Nick Chubb. He, and he traded for Wyatt Teller. So, like, the guy knows football. And he didn't clearly he bring has in, been. Didn't he bring in Odell? And was he Landry or two? Uh, yes, he was. Both of those guys. So – like, and you let's know. not forget his greatest all-time robbery was Demarius Randall for Deshaun Kaiser. Put the man in the Hall of Fame for that trade alone. <laughs> well, Randall didn't pan out long-term, but for that one year, he was really solid for them, for the Browns. It was for Kaiser. Yeah, and for Kaiser. The other, You know what the other story that I love hearing this was he was a scout in Green Bay. And he kept on banging the table for this running back late in the draft for, for the Packers. And it's ironic to me that it, he was working for the Packers because he was banging the table for this running back in the late rounds named Terrell Davis. And the irony of that is that Terrell Davis had three touchdowns in the Super Bowl against the Packers in, in Super Bowl 32. And just like to me, I always thought that was funny because it's like, well, John Dorsey is just proving he's one of the best scouts in 
in football in the in NFL history. He just mm-hmm. knows how to get talent, you know. So yeah, I, yeah. It, All it, right, so Detroit. Dave. I I think that yeah, they're looking good. Sorry about yeah. that. Up? No, sorry, sorry, I cut you off. I was just gonna ask. All right, so. So off of that now, just talking about some talent. There's some there's some big noises out there. What are you, what are you thinking? What are some moves you'd like to see happen? Well, moves that I'd like to see happen. Uh, are we going just Browns, or are we going? Or you can do whatever uh, like, you want. You can do whatever wide. you want. How about just this? Open, we'll go open season. We'll go league wide first because okay. I I think we all we both have a lot to say about the Browns. Um. I would go – I look, everyone's talking about Deshaun Watson. Everyone is talking about uh, let's get – let's find out what a perfect landing spot for him looks like. But I'm more concerned – like, like I don't know. I'm, I'm more reluctant to say that he's going to get traded because teams in the – like the NFL has – like organizations have a lot more control over players than yes. like the NBA would. And I could see them holding on to Deshaun Watson and really forcing him to try to like make it work. Well, so, and his no trade clause too, I think just makes it even that much tougher. Yeah. And there's some good deals out there that, that could be had for Deshaun Watson. Like for example, the jets could give you a package of Sam Darnold number two, uh, a number 25, I think is what they have. Uh, I think three, 23, 23. Okay. Yeah. And they have 23, and they can throw multiple first-round picks. You throw four first-round picks, Sam Darnold, and maybe Quinn and Williams in that trade, or you just take Quinn and Williams, and, and then you trade Sam Darnold separately. You know, then you have something there. You could build off of that, and that yeah. could be a really good trade. The Dolphins have a, a really solid package that they could give you where, you know, they have number three. They could throw in Tua. So, really, what you could do is you could draft uh, – you know, take Tua, and then at three, you could take Tua's uh, – <laughs> you could take it, it, one of his targets at, from Bama and Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddell or Jamar Chase. Uh, Chase was at LSU. But you can you can load up on ta- – like, there's tons of trades to be had out there. Oh, but yeah. What, but what I'm looking at is this, Nick. Who are the Colts going to get to replace Phillip Rivers? Because to me, the Colts are just like – the best way to put it is like they're like the Boston Celtics of the NFL, like of the NFL. I feel like they always have cap space. They always have a good roster, but what do they like? They don't ever make that one big monster move that really puts them as true contenders. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they could be a, like a legitimate legitimate landing spot for a guy like Carson Wentz or Sam Darnold or like a, a quarterback like that where they just kind of take a chance on them and and hope that they can get them cheap and, and try to really develop them into you know with Frank Reich and uh, and Carson Wentz you know that was a connection that once was I don't know like I, I like to see something like that I like to see the Colts go out and get a guy. Uh, they, they have a loaded roster, great defense, awesome offensive line, good running back, young weapons. Like, I'd like to see them go get a young quarterback, you know? How about you? Yeah, no, I agree. Obviously, Deshaun Watson going to be a hot topic of debate, but I think there's so many more, like, quarterbacks in this carousel. 
to discuss of where they end up. But one thing I want to watch is what the Packers do this draft. They took so much flack for their draft last year. I want to see what they do this year. See what happened, like see what happens with Rodgers, what happens with the draft. And then obviously having some inside knowledge, my one good friend's a Packers fan of just Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, what's going to happen in this backfield drafting AJ Dillon, you sign one, which one, if not, where do they go? So what's this team going to look like now? Back-to-back conference championship losses. Let's see what they do this offseason to try to get over that hump. Like you see the Rams making a move to try to go get Stafford. The Bucks went out, got Brady, a bunch of other pieces. They took those steps forward. What are they going to do this offseason? And so basically like what you were saying with the Colts is what – are these teams who are just right there, what are the big moves they're going to make to try to get over that hump? I have a, I have a thought for you, and I, I, okay. I want to get your thought on this. This is a proposed idea. What if the Packers made a trade where they gave up a second-round pick and maybe another mid-to-late-round pick? Send that to Houston for J.J. Watt. Yeah, I think so. I can see that. I, I would guess that's probably the price on Watt. couple picks. I don't know if they want players or picks. They're kind of in just a terrible situation all around. I can yeah. see that. Then you have both Smiths going at it with J.J. Watt. I think that would be a pretty lethal front right there. I would like that for them. Yeah, I agree. I think that would be a good move for them. And we talked so Nick, about needing a receiver, but I feel like Lazard and Valdez Scanning like stepped up when they needed to. But I don't think they scare defenses. No, and I think Rodgers could use a true number two option outside of Devontae Adams. Like, I would love – a move I'd like to see is if, like, a guy like Zach Ertz became available. I'd love to see him with Robert Tanyan as your – two tight ends and just have two good tight ends. Maybe you draft a speed guy that can take the top off of a defense. Uh, but Devontae, like you need to get another big time threat that really concerns defenses, but no, I totally, totally agree with you. So Nick, let me ask you this question. Okay. So being a diehard Browns fan that both that we both are, what are the what does the offseason look like for you? What are some priorities? What are some things that you want to see get crossed off the checklist? What are some things that you know need to be buttoned up? Is there like what are your overall thoughts on the offseason? What's the approach? Yeah, you said you said we'd have a lot of thoughts about it. I have one word. Defense. Yep. That's it. That's all I got. That's all you got. Okay. Defense. No. Um, going off of that, obviously, <laughs> we um, – very stressful year when the other team was on the field with the ball. What was the crazy mm. stacking teams were 27 for 32 on fourth down against us? Yeah. But I'm pretty sure – it was crazy because we did very well against two-point conversions, which blew my mind. But apparently fourth down was just a free-for-all. Ridiculous. Delpit coming back. Hopefully, Greedy can come back, be a solid two, 
or a slot type corner. I want to see one big signing I would love is John Johnson from the Rams as they clear up cap space, not being able to sign people. I think he'd be a great rotation guy with Delpit and Harrison, and I think Carl Joseph might stay, but it will depend what he asks for. So I would love if we sign him. And then either I want to draft, I think, linebackers. I don't I don't see us making a big linebacker splash unless it was like a linebacker who's more of a power rusher or speed rusher type off the edge. Per se, I don't see us picking up like a pure linebacker, if that makes sense, like a coverage type linebacker. Yeah. Um, but defensive end, we obviously need a number two, like a number two that defenses have to game plan for. Like, so even when Vernon was in, like, even though he's getting all those sacks, like teams didn't care. Like we'll give it up to Vernon. If Vernon wins, cool. Miles Garrett's not going to beat us. So we need that threat, whether it's someone we sign or if we use our first round pick on it. But me, preferably, I would probably rather, I'm hoping we draft linebacker round one. That would be my ideal. Um, either the kid from Notre Dame or Zayvon Collins from Tulsa. Those would be the two I have my eye just now. And I've only done a little bit of research. I haven't done much yet. I'll definitely be spending a bit more time. But it's been nice not having to do much draft prep and just enjoying some playoff games, you know? Right, yeah. No doubt. We also have some big contracts. So, like, uh, as far as yeah. the guys that you would bring back, like, what are you looking at as far as, like, an offseason plan? Like, are you – what guys are you bringing back? What guys are you letting go? Who are you looking to, you know, what What are you yeah, looking gone, to upgrade? I've gone back and forth. So, obviously, the four big ones being Baker, Chubb, Ward, and Teller. I think you definitely need Teller when you just look at – now, I know a lot of the games kind of synced up with him and Chubb both missing, which kind of hurts some of the stats. But I think his impact and dominance is felt way more. I would put him up high on the list. I wish I was in the conversation, like, just getting to hear the discussions of, like, what you would pay Baker for an extent extension. I believe in Baker. Obviously, you wish you could get another year out of him, but if he absolutely balls out, then his contract skyrockets on you, which is almost like, do you kind of roll the dice now? Like you've seen enough and truly believe, which I think I have, like I'm sold, but do you pay a guy and then maybe it doesn't work out still. And you're kind of like, Oh, like what happens here? Then it's going to be interesting. Then it's going to be interesting. Like with Nick Chubb, when you look at all these other big running back contracts, like Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott, like how these are all kind of playing out so far, not necessarily living up to it and running back being probably the most, if not um, just like the most replaceable position. Now I think Nick Chubb's different. Like I think he's one of the top five to 10 running backs like, like that can't be replaced. Like I think he's in that tier of they truly change a game and aren't replaceable quite to that extent. But so it's going to be interesting to see like what Andrew Barry values in running back. How much do you pay there? And then Denzel, I think you sign him. Absolutely. Like when he's healthy, he's proven he's all, he's a shutdown corner. Right. Yeah. But yeah, in terms of a plan, I don't know. Just this, I think this is going to be a big off season where we get to see what Andrew Barry's priorities are for mm-hmm. building a team. No, I totally agree with you. I, I, I'm very intrigued to see what we do too. There's so many things that we can, that we need to get done, but 
how he prioritizes thing, uh, how he prioritizes uh, this offseason will be very interesting for sure. Um, I know, uh, according to uh, o- the OBR, the, uh, they were talking about that the Browns will pick up the fifth year options for Denzel and for Baker. Okay. So you you have for sure are, are, I mean, you probably, you're going to pick up those options anyways, which is totally like the right call. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. You're right though. Do you, do you sign them a year early or do you, do you try to give yourself one more year of cap relief so you can make moves and try to be aggressive and win now before everybody's getting paid? You know, like these are big questions. They're good questions, no doubt. But they're big questions, you know. Oh, exactly. But yeah, no, I I totally agree with you. Uh, there's there's a lot of things that we, uh, excuse me, that we as a as an uh, as a team need to really get together. And I I think that keeping that offensive line together is so important. And I think Wyatt Teller is going to get paid. They're going to pay that guy. You, there's no way after what he did this year, you just don't pay the guy. Uh, Nick Chubb is just an absolute animal. You have to keep him. Uh, you're going to see some guys like Larry Ogunjobi. I think he's gone. I don't, I don't think you'll see him again. Um, <laughs> in a Browns jersey, at least. Uh, he'll be gone. I think you're going to lose a couple of guys over the next couple of years that you're just going to – it's going to be sad to see some of these guys go. But – I'm also curious, though, to see who buys in and takes contract, like uh, contract uh, or restructured contracts. Like, I, I'm very intrigued by that. You know, I want to see who who is all in on the team first. Let's hey, let's get a little bit more cap space so that we can go out and make one more big move or bring in a couple depth guys, you know, like. If we're being honest here, you don't need a top five defense to win the Super Bowl. Sure, does it help? Yeah. But the Rams had a top five defense in football divisional round by Aaron Rodgers. So Mm -hmm. you need to be able to have a top 15 defense that creates turnovers, that can rush the passer, and that has playmakers in the back end. And you need to be able to score with the the good teams and just – pray you get a couple stops a game you know like that's pretty much what the Chiefs have been doing the last couple years their defense has been underrated the uh, last two years I'll say that but they they've been making plays when necessary you know yep nope I agree so I think it's going to be interesting I'm all I'm all for it's a little bit different you know like hey we're right there here's just a couple pieces we need instead of yo we need literally anything and everything yeah well and I would I like to say this too. I think that there are some very interesting options this this off season. Like very interesting options. I think that um, a couple names that I'm going to throw out there because I think they're going to prioritize an elite pass rusher. Uh-huh. I think they're going to like they're going to try to get somebody to go with Miles Garrett. Like I'm convinced of that. I, I have no doubt in my mind that that's going to be their priority, uh, their priority this offseason. They want to get somebody to match up with them. The way Olivier Vernon played this year was really good, but when you're 30, in your 30s and you, you tear your Achilles tendon, 
Oh yeah. You know, it's over. that's, yeah, it's, it's tough to come back from that. So I'm not putting money. I'm not investing a lot. Now, if you tell me I can get Vernon on like a cheap one year deal, then I think my off season plan changes a little bit. And maybe I go pass rusher in the first round and I bring Olivier Vernon back on a cheap deal. And that way you add a long-term assurance while also taking a, a shot on a guy that you know very well, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I love to see them go get, you know, there's guys like Yannick Ngakwe that'll be available. J.J. Watt, you know, if, if it's a second and a fifth that gets J.J. Watt to Cleveland, are you kidding me? I'm doing that in a heartbeat. You put him next to Miles Garrett on rushing downs and you have Sheldon Richardson, uh, Richardson still there. Like, have mercy. Like, that's going to be ridiculous. And um, I, I can't emphasize this enough. And I, I know I'm going on and on a little bit, but I re- like I, being a, a, a Broncos fan as well, the what it did to the Denver defense when they signed DeMarcus Ware, what that did for Von Miller, for Von Miller was so huge for maturity purposes, for on the field purposes. You had to worry about another elite pass rusher. And they both would get double digit sacks every year. And I'm telling you, the the weight of DeMarcus Ware's shoulders, you know, like the weight was off his shoulders, knowing that DeMar- uh, that Von Miller was on the other side. And same thing with Von Miller. He knew that he had DeMarcus Ware. So I think it'd be a very similar thing with J.J. Watt. Like get like trade for him, see if you could do a two-year extension with him and pay him, pay him what he wants to get paid, like pay the guy. And then all of a sudden you have Miles and J.J. for the next three years. I love that. Um, Marshawn Lattimore is a name that in the trade market that I could see becoming available. You uh, uh, mentioned Johnson from the, uh, from the Rams. You got to watch some of these cap casualties, you know, like some of these guys that uh, financially teams can't afford and they're looking to move on from. The Browns are going to be aggressive. They're going to go after some of these big name guys. I promise you that. They're going to go, they're going to get one more big name in the off season. I, I truly believe that Stefan Gilmore possibly too. I could see that one. So just throwing it out there. I, I agree with you, uh, Nick. I, I agree. Pass rusher and secondary are like biggest issues that they address in free agency and trade. Yeah. And I think linebacker and then other positions would be through the draft. Like I think we take a speed receiver, probably another like tight end or halfback type thing potentially. And then just defense. Yeah. No, definitely. I, I agree. I definitely agree. It'll be very fun, though. We, if we have a little bit of cap space, we can make some things work, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Dave, you ready for quarter three? Yeah, let's get there. Let's close it out, because as you guys know, quarter four, that's for starters. So quarter three, going to be just a brief couple minutes probably. Let's just talk some Cavs, man. You been watching any of the games lately or just kind of stat checking? Uh, I try to watch when I can. Um, mm-hmm. It's tough. So, uh, lately, uh, it's just been tough to, to catch them. I, 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 the day that my, I'm, my team is playing, you know, I, we've had a couple of games that line up yeah. directly on, on the top, you know, so it's tough. But <sighs> the Cavs are a very interesting team. They, mm-hmm. they play really, really hard under Bickerstaff. They just they don't have a superstar. Like, I really like yep. Colin Sexton, but their lack of a superstar is what's killing them right now. They don't yep. have 
they don't have that guy that can go get a bucket. Like outside of Sexton, you need multiple guys that can score. We need a wing but, who can get a bucket. Right. And I know with me, you, and Noah were talking about this. So everybody listening, you guys chime in, reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, you know our Twitter handle, so go ahead and add us. Tell us what your thoughts on this part of the conversation is. Uh, I said this in the group chat, and I kind of got a little bit of hate for it. I said I would trade Darius Garland, Andre Drummond, and Isaac Okoro to the Wizards for Bradley Beal. And I said it was a fair trade because Beal may not want to be – I know he just came out and, and, and they're saying that he wants to be there, but, you know – if you can get a big man with an expiring contract, they get a, a shooter in Darius Garland. And Isaac Okoro is a, a nice young piece, the number five overall pick in the draft. Defensively, adds a wing to go along with Russell Westbrook. I mean, like, I feel like that's a fair trade. Like, if you're looking to maybe not necessarily a fair trade, but it's a solid trade. And I think if the Cavs nah. got that option, they should take it. Nah. Only because I feel like Beal would straight up be the rental that Drummond is right now. Yeah, I mean, maybe. But if you if you knew that he was going to be there for a couple of years, I think you'd do it, right? I mean, that's a no Oh, I mean, if you sign him long term, then yeah, absolutely. But I, I'm just going off of I don't think he would. I am interested, though, how deep this draft is. I'm hoping we can get a solid solid piece from that like we just need to figure out a way to get a wing star like I thought Kevin Porter Jr. might be that but then he's gone and I do love 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 the Jared Allen trade love it oh they won we won that trade we won the James Harden trade get out of here yeah yeah and Torian and Torian Prince is a solid at like I like him as a like two really good players man like not elite but they're I mean, you got two really good pieces right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm all. I was all for that trade. Once I saw it, I was like, "Wait, what? We got that? Like, let's go!" Yeah. What are your but thoughts? No, I'm on, excited. Um, oh, I love sorry, watching go good basketball. We play good basketball. Like, we move on offense. We compete on defense. We win some games. So it's just nice. Like, it's not like, oh, we're gonna lose again tonight. It's like, yeah, let's see what we can do tonight. You know? Right. What, what are your thoughts on Colin Sexton? Like, what, where is he as far as, a, like, in the NBA? Like, is he, is he like, a, an all-star to you? Where does he, like, what, do you, what is your thoughts on Bro, Colin Sexton? Bro, so Sexton? tough. I just, right now, I think, I think it's due to him being our best player. I think his stats are a little padded based off of that. But, I mean, his shooting percentage is up there, which blows my mind. Like, it's not like he's just chucking. Yeah. But I just – I have a hard time always believing it's going to last. Like, I'm just kind of waiting for it to stop. And I don't know why. Um, I'm rooting for him, obviously. I hope he stays a walking bucket. But we'll we'll see. I love him and Garland together, and they have fun, so – like, that's also what's cool is they're having fun playing basketball, which is great. We haven't had that in a while here. Right. Now, for the record, for the record, Sexton's the only player in the NBA right now that's averaging 25 points while shooting 50 or is it 50% from the floor and 40% from three. 
So, like, he's the only guy in the NBA doing that. So, like, I know. I saw that too. It, and I, so that's not, why I'm like, he's not just chucking. Like, right. Yeah. So, like, he's very efficient. And mm-hmm. I think he doesn't do anything great. Like, he he's not an, like, I like to me, he's not like Kyrie or any like skill wise. He's not the most skilled player, but he's so quick and so explosive. Like, I don't know. I, I find it so fun to watch him play because, like, he's just so fast. Like, yeah. good luck trying to he's stop quick. him. He's like a freight train. Like, I, I love the guy's energy. I, I love how he plays. Um, I think he's an all-star this year, personally. Like, I, I love the way he plays. Uh, I think he'll get a nod. Now, is he going to be the main option on a legitimate playoff team? Eh. I, like, ah. Uh, he kind of remind like I feel like he's gonna end up being in the Jamal Murray conversation where Jamal Murray will have moments in the playoffs where you're like, holy crap, that guy is legit. And then you're like, where'd he go for a whole series? So I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. That that's what I'm worried about. Like I'm just waiting for the decline. The good news is though, like it seems like this group of guys. They really get after it. Like, they're, like, really grinders. Like, like the way that you talk here, like, coaches talk about how Okoro and and uh, Colin Sexton are gym rats. They're always in the gym. And all these guys are, like, there's good chemistry there. Like, that's something you want to hear, though, because that's culture. And they didn't have that last year. Like, mm-hmm. th- they didn't have a, truly a good culture in place. Um and now it just looks like it, it completely has changed. Whether they make the playoffs or not, I don't know. But it's you're right. It's so fun to watch. And well, they have that 10 seed. Come- they have that 10 seed thing now where seven plays eight, that winner gets in. And then the loser of that game plays the winner of nine versus 10. Then that winner gets in. So 10 teams okay. get a shot at the playoffs now. So that kind of helps. Yeah. As long as we don't play the Knicks, I think I'm feeling pretty good about where we're at. <laughs> the Knicks have had our number all season. It's ridiculous. Give yeah. us the Nets. Give us the Nets. <laughs> don't give us anything. I agree. Exactly. I, I want the the Nets. We know at least won't play any defense, so that's that's a good sign. That's uh, true. Any other thoughts on the NBA in general? No. You. I have a question for you, actually. All right. What are your What are your thoughts on what Colin Cowherd said about Giannis? Yeah, he said that Giannis and Lamar Jackson are becoming the same player for their I saw respective that. sports. I saw like, that. I, that's a very interesting comparison. Like, come playoff time, there's a way you defend them. You make Lamar Jackson throw the football. And you make, make Giannis, Giannis shoot. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're I think both, that's a really good comparison. Yeah, I did too. I think they're both great superstars, great abilities, but they also have weaknesses that harm them, especially when teams like make them do that in the playoffs. Yeah. Talk about teams that really could use Bradley Beal is Milwaukee. <laughs> 
if they had if they had Bradley Beal, oh my goodness, that like that would be they'd be loaded. They'd be yeah. really loaded, and that would be a team I'd be like, okay, that can they could beat the Lakers. But you're right. I don't know that you can say that right now because of that. Let's yeah. play off Giannis. Yeah, but, that's what's gonna be tough. Yeah, I was just curious what your thoughts were on that. You know, that's a that was an interesting comparison by uh by uh front frontward hat guy. So yeah. <laughs> uh, Dave, I'm glad you're doing well. It was great talking to you. And and thank you to all the bench captain pod listeners out there. We will continue to keep these going. Stay with us. Let us know what you want to hear and always feel free to give us your thoughts on our takes. Bench captain out.